BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Uncle Brad, this mm. is a very fun episode. I I think it might be a tricky one for how simple it is because there's so many ways you can make this cocktail and there's so many ways you can order this cocktail. We're getting into the nitty gritty of the martini. If elegance, style, and sophistication ever had a cocktail, it's the martini. It is the martini. And I, I think, honestly, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know about people listening, but I've seen martinis in the media on menus way more as of recent. It's almost like a new wave of an old wave uh, a cocktail. And whether you take it dirty, you take it dry, you take it wet, there's so many ways. And Uncle Brad, I'm excited to learn the history about this one because this is, without a doubt, you've heard of the martini, right? If you've had a cocktail, You've heard of the martini. Oh, for sure. But it's it's funny because when you say martini, people think of, oh, vodka. Mm, nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's not a martini. I'm sorry. Yeah. Chin. Uh, sorry. Always. Can can you order a vodka martini? And will the bartender know what you're talking about? Absolutely. I'll By judge the book. You. Yeah. No, I mean, I, you know, I may not even judge you because honestly, there was a long time where I was like, oh, martini. Is it vodka? Is it gin? I'm here to tell you a martini martini is gin. So hold on, hold on before you like say, oh, I don't like gin, I'm moving on. Slow your roll. Because if you make a martini the right way with mm-hmm. quality ingredients, it's not what you think. If you don't like gin and you've never tried good gin combined with good vermouth, then mm-hmm. you can't criticize, okay? And if you say, well, I still don't like gin, well, then hold on because somebody else is going to want a martini that you know. And after all, we're here to learn how to make drinks. So just settle down. We're going to learn how to make the martini today. And we're going to learn some really interesting things about this drink that is just surrounded with this cloud of confusion. Well, and Uncle Brad, I think you said 
earlier in in the season, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure you said gin takes vodka and makes it exciting, which is one of the reasons why I say have a gin martini because it makes it more exciting. Yeah, there's just, there's flavor there. And um, have I consumed my fair share of vodka, air quotes, martinis in Russian <laughs> bars? Oh, sure. you bet I have. You absolutely bet I have. Mm. And did mm-hmm. I have those shaken? And was there ice crystals floating around? Which, by the way, that's called bruising the martini. Sure, I have. Sure, I have. But the martini, by the book, you stir it and you use gin and you use vermouth. And we're mm-hmm. going to talk more about that. Because we're doing the martini, I I was thinking, okay, martini variations. How do I give my Join Jewels twist on this cocktail? And I actually thought about my social media accounts and how many requests I get. And it's funny, one of the most request cocktails I get, and I will not say the real name of this cocktail, but it's the passion fruit martini, which is very different from a martini classic, but nonetheless, it's a martini style cocktail. And yeah. it's it's surprising how many people love this cocktail. I would have never guessed because passion fruit is is kind of hard to find. But people love this cocktail, as do I. So, Uncle Brad, what do we need for this classic upon classic cocktails? All right. Well, let's talk about what we need here. So, first, the martini stands on stage by itself. And... What you put in this glass really matters at this point. Mm -hmm. So you're going to want a good gin. And here's the deal. You've had bad gin in the past, and you don't really know what a good gin tastes like. Here's the thing. Gin, there's it's a wide, wide spectrum, wide canon Mm -hmm. of gins out there. Okay. Go and sample gins. And if you've got a local bar or, you know, high-end cocktail establishment, maybe it's not even high-end, right? You can go in there and just sample a few gins, do a little tasting. I would recommend, so I love my local distillers. I would recommend definitely going and trying a few local distillers, but go test out the main market and don't go for the Mm -hmm. sapphires and stuff like that. I mean, definitely try a sapphire. Like there's nothing wrong with that, right? But try a bunch of different gins and there's different styles you want to try. You want to try a London Dry. You want to try a Plymouth style, try an Old Tom. Find the gin that speaks to you and go buy that gin. For me, I love a Plymouth gin martini. Plymouth is both Mm -hmm. a style as well as a name of a brand of gin. Full transparency, Plymouth didn't sponsor this. And I think, Jules, you and I agreed, like, we're only going to talk about the things that we actually truly think taste good and work, right? Mm -hmm. So in this case, Plymouth gin, folks, that's the one I like. And then you're going to want to go get a good vermouth. And that vermouth, again, it's not the stuff you always think of. There's a wide variety of vermouths out there. You're definitely going to want to dry vermouth, all right? So it's it's the stuff that's probably in a green bottle. And if it's in a clear bottle, which is rare, but if it's in a clear bottle, you know, it's, it's clear. It's not dark in color. So mm-hmm. go get a dry vermouth. I happen to like Dolan, and I happen to like Nolly Pratt. Those are the two that I like. They're a little different. Nolly Pratt is kind of got this 
sherry backside to it while Dolan's a little bit more crisp and bright and citrusy. I like both of them. Both of them will give me a, a great martini. And then we're going to go out and we're going to get nice ice or hopefully we've made ice in the past, right? And we've got big chunks that we can use in our mixing glass. We're going to make sure we go get, if you want to use a lemon twist, I like a lemon twist. Use a, you know, go get a lemon. Maybe you want to put some olives in there. Go get some olives. If you want to make a Gibson, which is a martini now with cocktail onions, go get some cocktail onions. I will tell you that the garnish that you use influences the way this drink tastes. So totally be mindful of that. And if you want to make it a little mm-hmm. dirty, throw some you know olive juice in there. That's fine too. I've even now had a talking. martini, a vodka martini. Now I know I'm straying mm-hmm. away. But I've had a vodka martini with pickle juice, believe it or not, and that was great. I have had a pickle martini myself. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I bad. recommend it. I know. <laughs> In this case, we're sticking with the gin. Go get your mixing glass, Hawthorne strainer, jigger, bar spoon. You're off to the races. Great start. I love a dirty martini. If anyone's wondering, I wonder what, what Jules likes. I, myself, my friends, am a dirty martini. Sorry, true and true. Give me that olive brine and we'll get into the difference. So I, I got to tell you, when I when I do order a dirty martini and again, <laughs> I just scolded everybody about vodka, you know, versus gin. I'll order a dirty vodka martini. Uh-huh. But when I say I want a martini, a dirty martini, I say just kind of lightly dirty. Like it fell down, got back up and kept running. Like I don't like a dirty, dirty martini, right? Like I just kind of right. like a little hint of olive juice in there beyond the olive garnish. Oh yeah, see, I want like I fell in a a, a bucket of mud, dirty. <laughs> you know, you want oh I just tripped and got a little dirt on my knee. I like no, it, it just rained and I slipped and fell in a puddle of mud. Yeah, me and three olives, we got in a massive fight. We rolled around and we fought it out on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Don't I even get me started on blue cheese olives? I kid you oh. not. Jeez, those But my my martini really takes us on a different journey. Totally different journey. Here we go. (laughs) It's yep. But I will tell you, it is a martini style cocktail. It actually was created, I believe, in 2002. So it's not it's not a classic cocktail. It's it's a relatively new cocktail. Very popular, very popular. So I I thought let's take this martini episode and uh, let's talk about it. Here's what you'll need for a passion fruit martini: vanilla vodka or vodka and vanilla bean pods. Uh, You'll need passion fruit liqueur, passion fruit, passion fruit puree or juice, which you can make yourself or you can buy it at the store, but I recommend if you have the means to, to make it yourself. You'll need vanilla extract, limes, ice. Surprisingly, traditionally, you're gonna need some Prosecco, and or chilled champagne. I, I recommend chilled champagne for this, but uh, Prosecco is a great option. And then of course, you're gonna need your jigger, cocktail shaker, citrus squeezer, the, the basics for a shaking cocktail, but that's it. Serve both of these, the chilled champagne and the martini in a coupe glass. And uh, like Uncle Brad said, I love that saying, you're off to the races with, uh, with those ingredients. Oh my gosh, yeah. So we're using the coupe glass here. Again, yeah, I don't know. Can you call it a martini if it's not a martini glass? Sure you can. Hey, I'm using yeah, I'm, I'm using a martini glass. This is this is I just gotta say for a second. I, I find the martini glass so impractical. 
it annoys me. The stuff slides off the top. Like, you know, especially when you get like a nice full martini. Not that I'm going to complain about getting a full drink. But something about the look of that martini glass. It's just elegant lines. It's an Mm -hmm. elegant looking drink. The only time I'll use a martini glass is, in fact, for a classic martini. Otherwise, I'm right there with you, Jules. I'm all about the coupe Coupe glass. So, All right, Uncle Brad, let's let's show people. Let's show them how to make the martini. Everyone should know this one. Right. There's a lot of different ways to make this cocktail, Uncle Brad. I'm interested how you make it the right way. Walk us through. Let's go. All right, Jules. Well, here we go. Um, hey, listen, folks. Here's the deal. You've you've had a martini in the past. You've seen it shaken. That's fine. That's fine. But is it the right way? You stir it. Now, if you want to shake it, again, that's called bruising it. And you're doing that because I want ice crystals to dilute what's in my glass. And you don't double strain after you shake it because you want those ice crystals floating around in your glass. Mm-hmm. I happen to like it stirred, but I ain't going to yell at anybody if they're going to shake it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. in this case, we're stirring. Okay. So mm-hmm. first you need your uh, mixing glass. So your mixing glass is out. Um, your martini glass is chilling. In fact, ideally, you're probably using a cold mixing glass, but that's not really practical because it's not like you're going to put your mixing glass in your freezer all the time. So just forget I said that. <laughs> I was like, so, wow. wow. Wow, wow, that's aggressive. Right, you got to plan right, this 90. one ahead. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me get 15 mixing glasses in the, in the freezer. Okay, so you've got your mixing glass in front of you. You're going to pour, and, and the perfect martini ratio, which is different than a perfect martini, the perfect martini ratio is two to one. Two mm-hmm. ounces of gin to one ounce of vermouth. So you're going to take two ounces of gin, but I often find that martini glasses are much bigger and they leave you a little bit wanting. Mm. So I'll go four ounces of gin and two ounces of wow. vermouth. I mean, why not, right? Like this, I'm, this is my bar. Yeah, so if you have the room for it, it's just, yeah. Right. So here we go. Gin's in the mixing glass. You've got vermouth in the mixing glass. Hopefully you figured out by now that I wanted you to have ice in the mixing glass. Again, ideally, you've got big chunks of ice in there. So don't go out and go buy the nice fancy square ice cubes just to mix your martini. You don't have to do that. But if you made big, nice, fancy ice cubes and you've got chunks left, great. Throw them in the glass. Mm -hmm. Stir it around, get it nice and cold, 20, 30 seconds. Nobody's going to be mad at you if you put a little orange bitters in there, maybe one, two shots. That's actually called a marguerite, but you don't have to do that. Um, But it's a nice little adaptation. I might do it once in a while. And then you get your Hawthorne strainer. You put it on top of the mixing glass. You pour that lovely, chilled, crystal clear fluid into your chilled martini glass. And then you take your you take your lemon peel, you give it a little twist over the uh, the beverage, and so the oils get into the uh, onto the surface of that martini. Give that twist a little rim around the edge, and throw the lemon twist right in. That's fine. 
If you want to use olives, use olives. If you want to use you know, cocktail onions, go ahead. Now you're calling it a Gibson. Mm-hmm. But that is it. That is how easy it is to make the martini if you do the two to one ratio. And so you don't do any brine. No, I don't. Not when I do a gin martini. If I'm doing a vodka martini, sure, I'll add a little brine. But, you know, this episode would be called the dirty martini if that's the case. Right? No, you're right. Have you ever thought, though, and I know we'll get into the different types of martinis and how to order as our tip of the day, but I have a question while it's top of mind right now. Have you ever thought of rinsing your glass with a little bit of the brine and dumping it and pouring it in? Well, why not? I mean, if you want a little hint, just a touch. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Would that still be considered a dirty martini? Yeah. In that case, it wasn't like it fell down and got back up dirty. It's kind of like I just had an impolite thought dirty. Right. Right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So uh, kind of dirty martini. Yeah. All right. Kind of dirty. Don't know what you're thinking, but I think I do. Wow. Okay. Uh, classic. It's so, you made it sound so easy. I've always struggled. I'm not going to lie, Uncle Brad, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be real with everybody listening. I've struggled with the uh, classic martini. And I think like, I'm sure many of you, there's so many different ways to make it out there. It's hard to know which one. So I'm actually, Uncle Brad, I'm going to take the weekend to go and find a good vermouth, which we've preached about it before. Mm-hmm. Put your vermouth in the fridge. It does go bad, so it has a shelf life. But uh, I'm going to really try your ratios there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it your way. See what happens. So many people are scared of the martini. Jules, don't be mm-hmm. scared of the martini. You just need the good gin. You need the good vermouth. Are you, are you ready to go like 360 into a completely different direction? Well, if we go 360, we're in the same direction. Uh, 180. 180. <laughs> we're going to okay, do 180. <laughs> okay. Fine. This is... A very fun cocktail. I feel like recently it's very popular. I've been asked a million times and I've posted many times about a passion fruit martini. The specs can change depending on how you like it. Here is what I found for mine that I really like. So what you're going to want is vanilla vodka. A lot of people ask, what's the best vanilla vodka out there? I haven't found one. What I do is I get the vodka bottle that I like, get a big bottle, 750 milliliters, and I commit to that bottle because I'm going to put two vanilla bean pods that are split down in the middle with a knife and opened up, exposing all the vanilla beans. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I just throw those bad boys in that bottle and I give it a good shake and I put it on my, I give it a kiss, I put it on my shelf and I see it in at least a week, if not a month. A- Men, sister, there isn't anything there isn't. that's going to top what you just did right there. No, the vanilla, it's so hard to replicate on a cheap scale for brands. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. if there's ever a vodka-based brand that wants to sponsor us, but it's true. But, you know, honestly, here's the deal. If <laughs> I may not like it. I don't want to talk about it if I don't like it. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, still haven't found one. Um, you know, I, and I feel like it's a lot of times because they're not using the vanilla bean pods. And if you use a vanilla bean pods, it should be a brown color. Uh, mm-hmm. It shouldn't be clear. So try to make your own vanilla vodka. That's, that's uh, you know, I think something you should at least do. Also, it's fun and easy to infuse it. Super so give easy. It a shot. The, best, the best part about making your own vanilla vodka infused anything 
is you get to taste it just along uh-huh. the way and just give it a little sip once in a while and get it to the point you like it. Well, and I will give you a tip. I actually have heard this. Uh, I drink mine like within six months, so it doesn't go that long. But I've heard after a year, if you leave those vanilla bean pods in there for over a year, it actually turns into vanilla extract. So you're not supposed oh. to leave it in after a year. That's what they say. Okay. Yeah. Right. Then I just Never say it's that. just really good. It's just really good vanilla vodka. Mm-hmm. But hey, to reach his own. So nice. I digress. You're going to need one and a half ounces of your vanilla vodka, whatever that may be. I do about three quarters of an ounce of passion fruit liqueur. One of the most popular brands that you can find usually at a BevMo or Total Wine is Pessoa. There is a boutique brand called Chinola. I have yet to try it, but they have a beautiful brand in their passion fruit liqueur. I, I, It's on my list to try, so if you try it before me, let me know how it is. I think it'd be delicious in this recipe. You're going to do about an ounce of passion fruit puree. Very easy. We've made purees before. You blend it. You strain it. Beautiful. Chef's kiss. From there, we're going to add in a half ounce of vanilla syrup. Easy way to make vanilla syrup. One cup sugar, one cup water, medium heat. Uh, You make simple syrup. And then once you've made the sugar has dissolved and you've made your syrup, you add in about one tablespoon of vanilla extract um, and you just let that cool. That's the easiest and quickest way to do that. And so you'll have a half ounce of that vanilla syrup and then you're gonna add a half ounce of lime juice, just a little bit, add ice to that shaker and give it a good shake. And take your coupe glass out of your freezer because you've put it in your freezer and you are just going to double strain into that glass. Now, I will tell you, um, with the classic recipe for the passion fruit martini, uh, I believe 2002, I said this earlier, I believe it was made in 2002. They say to serve it with a small glass of chilled Prosecco or champagne. And you know what? I don't know the reasoning, but I can totally totally get on board with that. So here's your excuse to drink your passion fruit martini with a little bit of Prosecco or champagne. Just a well-rounded experience. Who doesn't like a little double fisting? (laughs) Right. Seriously. I mean, so treat yourself. And if someone asks, what are you doing? Just say, I'm drinking a passion fruit martini. Yeah. What you looking at? (laughs) But that's it. That's all you need. That's awesome. uh, it's you know it sounds a little complicated, but it's it's really not. And once you make it and you have all the ingredients, you can just make that bad boy again and again. And trust me, you're going to want to. It's delicious. Very different from the gin martini. I will tell you that. But let's talk about the history of the martini, so we understand why we have so many martinis. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Again, another cocktail with no ice, so you can't hear, but I have my cocktail in front of me and I am ready for our martini history. The martini history. Yeah. 
Let's talk mm-hmm. about the martini history. Yeah, I'm excited Today, about this we're going to talk about the origins. The, I mean, the martini history, it's, it's rather short, but there's a progression, right? So mm-hmm. we'll talk about the origins, kind of like the progression of the martini and the ratios. And then we'll talk a little bit about the variations of mm-hmm. the martini. I, I find the martini to be an interesting category because it's like somebody invented canvas and then people just started painting on it and calling it, oh, right. this is this is canvas, my version of canvas. So mm-hmm. maybe that wasn't the greatest analogies, but I think you're no, picking up. No, totally. It's now. true. I mean, think about it. You have so many, mar- you put something in a martini glass, it's a martini. So yeah, there's yeah, a lot wow. of variations. Oh, look at this. I'm walking my dog in a martini glass. It's a dog walk teeny. Wow, oh, look at that. Look okay, at that was dumb. All right, here we go. The martini. This is, I got to tell you, the, the, the history on this annoys me a little bit because I'm like, why is this what people think, the, where the martini came from? <laughs> 18 mids, so we're talking like you know late 40s, early 50s, 1800s, okay. the golden age of cocktails. Right. Out in Martinez, California, gold miner hits it big. And he swaggers into a saloon and requests champagne. Well, they mm. didn't have champagne. Classy. And so, yeah, I know. And and so they used whatever they had. And so the bartender said, hey, all right, hey, I'm going to grab this old Tom gin or Yenever possibly or Holland gin, wherever you want to call it. We got the sweet vermouth. I've got some bitters over here. I've got some maraschino liqueur and a little lemon. Boom, we're going to throw that in a glass. We're going to call it the a Martinez. The gold miner leaves Martinez, California, goes to San Francisco because Martinez and San Francisco, they're a ferry ride from each other. And it was like a, mm-hmm. it was a jumping off point for the miners. Orders another one. Bartender doesn't know how to make it. He tells him how to make it. Boom. Martini becomes popular. Huh. Another story. Miner hits it big. Still in Martinez. Goes to a saloon. Slaps down a gold nugget and asks for something special. The bartender whips up a cocktail using gin, sweet vermouth, a little maraschino liqueur, and bitters. And what does he call it? He calls it the Martinez. All right. Another story, Jules, back in Martinez. <laughs> huh. Sad it to the list. Gold, <laughs> gold miner comes walking into the saloon. Maybe even the same gold miner. Slaps down not a nugget, but a sack of gold. Oof. And orders a bottle of whiskey. And when he complained that that really wasn't enough for what he paid, the bartender says, oh, well, I got you covered. I'm going to make you up a little cocktail to go with that. And that's going to be made of gin, sweet vermouth, maraschino liqueur, and bitters. Hey, I'm kind of calling bullshit on that story, right? Like, who puts down a sack of gold and says, hey, I'd like a bottle of whiskey? Like, at this point, I'd be like, I'll take a whiskey and this hotel and saloon. I'll take the bar. <laughs> right? I got a yeah. sack of gold here, all right? Yeah. Anyways, back in San Francisco, they're not saying the drink came to them from Martinez. They're saying, no, no, we invented the drink and then it went to Martinez. Mm. We just happened to call it the Martinez because this gold miner was on his way there. And so what'd they make him? Uh. And by the way, this is Jerry Thomas now. He's working at the Occidental Hotel. And uh, it's made from gin, sweet vermouth, maraschino liqueur, mm-hmm. lemon, and, uh, and bitters. Interesting. Whatever. I don't know how you get gin martini from, which is just gin and 
drive vermouth from all that mess we just talked about. Right. I was like, wait, we're talking about the martini, right? Yeah, like San Francisco courts, the Martinez courts, both of them said, no, no, we invented this. And it's like, really? Like this made it? Like taxpayers paid for that? Like that discussion? Have a seat. I I don't believe you guys had anything to do with the martini. Uh-uh. Now, another story says the martini originated at the Knickerbocker Hotel, and that's mm. in New York City. And I kind of like this story, and here's why. Because my favorite story, so it's, I've got two stories that are kind of coming into one. A little short okay. thing about Knickerbocker. My favorite story is a German musician by the name of John Paul Agius Schwatzkendorf. Schwatkendorf, Schwaratkendorf, Gen, mm-hmm. Gen, whatever. JPAS. <laughs> yes. Emigrates J-Paz. to France in 1758. And interestingly, he changed his name to Jean Paul Agui Martini because mm. uh, he apparently wanted to be a little bit like these uh, Italian musicians that were you know, hanging out in France this time. Well, it just so happens that Jean-Paul Martini liked his gin and vermouth to be mixed together. Some of his musical buddies emigrated to the United States, bringing the drink with them, calling it the martini. The reason why I like the Knickerbocker story is because if you think about it, like where's the landing point from Europe, right? Mm -hmm. It's New York. And so maybe some of these musicians wandered into New York and said, Hey, yes, we need a drink called the Martini, named after our friend Jean-Paul Schwagengartendort. Whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> Seriously. German impressive. guy. German yeah. name. Schwagendorf. Schwagartendorf. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for his family. I'm butchering this last name. There are so many consonants and vowels in his name. It's just it's a hard tough to one. follow. Hey, yeah. I'm looking at it. It's a tough one. Oh, no. Yeah. My goodness. All right. We mean well, I swear. If his mother's birth, like if, if if his mom gave birth to him and it was as much of a struggle as it is to say the last name, God bless you, honey. Wow. That's why they made a martini. Honestly. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> martini, Jean-Paul. Mm-hmm. They started out the martini with kind of a one-to-one ratio. So it was gin and then equal parts vermouth. By 1922, the martini morphed into kind of the more recognizable form that it's in today, at least the way I made it, and that's the two-to-one ratio. Mm -hmm. So during Prohibition, this was, this really boosted martini's popularity because people drank a lot of gin. People made booze in their kitchens, and uh, because booze coming off of or alcohol coming off of a still, if it's not made the right way, or if they're not using the best ingredients, it may not taste that great. So what do you do? You mix it with botanicals. Mm. So they mix it with like juniper and citrus peel and coriander, and they're making what air quote is called bathtub gin. People drank a lot of gin during prohibition because it was just more readily available, albeit illegal. So gin was popular. So the martini was popular, which is also why you see a lot of like prohibition era cocktails using gin. Okay, so now uh, we are moving past Prohibition. And by the 1930s, because the creation of gin, the distillation of gin, got a bit more refined, 
and it didn't taste as bad as it did in Prohibition, people were starting to do ratios of like three to one with Hmm. their gin to vermouth because gin started to taste good. And then during the 40s, it went to four to one. And during the 50s, we have the birth of the three martini lunch. And the ratios continue to grow. And so now you're going from five to one to six to one to eight to one to 12 to one to 15 to one ratio of spirit to dry vermouth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Finally, by the 1970s, the drink started to kind of tail off because, you know, people were like, hey, man, it's still like so old fashioned, man. My parents and grandparents drank the martini. We're going to drink something like the Harvey Wallbanger. Well, gin, a lot of people. You know, they put, oh, my grandmother drinks gin. I don't drink gin. That whole yeah. wave, right? That was for the old folks, right? Ugh. So Wrong. gin starts to fall out of fashion. Uh, the martinis fall out of fashion. But there's this guy, and we talked about him during the espresso martini by the name of Dick Bradsell, who's kind of making this thing happen over in England. Dick. And he started spinning up martinis and espresso, albeit with vodka, espresso martinis, raspberry martinis, mm-hmm. you know, pineapple martinis. And by the 1990s, the martini is back in full swing. And you know, I mean, there was martini. You could swing a stick in New York City and hit a vodka martini bar, right? And yeah. the martini craze kept on going until the kind of the cocktail revolution started to hit in the mid 2000s, early 2000s, and people started to opt for craft cocktails because whiskey got cool and bourbon got cool and all these things started to get cool, which is also Jules. This is why like bourbon went out of control because all of a sudden bourbon becomes cool and it's like what you got for $35 in the liquor store is suddenly now like 70, right? Yeah, that's crazy. Martinis start to fall out of fashion, but then there's this little show that comes out called The Queen's Gambit. And Have you seen The Queen's Gambit? That just came out recently, right? That was the chess one? In 2020, actually, yeah. 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 Great show. No way. Oh, totally. So the mom in The Queen's Gambit, she drinks Gibsons. And what's a Gibson? A Gibson is a gin martini with a pickled cocktail onion. Mm -hmm. And that is like why the Gibson started to become popular again. And martinis start to become popular again. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool the way like pop culture influences what we drink and do, right? That's very cool. I'm still a little confused on where it started, as I think we all are. But take your guess. Which one do you think? Hey, listen. I mean, someone's going to have to give me a really convincing argument on the Martinez uh, connection. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, folks. I, I don't see it. Okay, it just doesn't line up. So I know we talked about doing variations, and I think this falls into the tips category. All right, Jules, we have got tips and I'm going to turn control of this meeting over to you for the tips. Wow. Wow. Okay. There are many ways you can order a martini. Many ways. Uh, One of the best ways, best tip, I will say, ask your bartender, hey, I want a martini. How do you make your martinis? And hear them out. Hear how he makes it. I found that to, you know, when you get a little nervous, just ask them first. Let them do the work for you. So that's just like tip number one when you're out. Okay, we know a martini. Let's get into what we want. Different types of martinis, all right, people? There's a dry martini, a wet martini, a naked martini, a dirty martini. There's even a smoky martini. There's a straight up martini, and there's an Oliver twist. Whoa, there's a lot going on there. 
Let me walk you through what they all mean, okay? I want a dry martini. Well, that refers to the amount of vermouth in your martini. The less vermouth, the drier the martini. Well, a wet martini. Well, that means it's a little bit sweeter, so you get a little bit more of that vermouth in there. Naked martini, no vermouth. Kick it. Kick it to the curb. There's no vermouth there. Um, Now we're getting into dirty martini, preferably my favorite martini. I just think it zhuzhes it up a bit. And the dirty martini refers to the brine. The more dirty you want your martini, there's more brine added. So a lot of times you can order a dirty or an extra dirty martini. That just means they're adding more olive brine to that. And, And for the sake of clarity, we're talking olive brine, right? Yeah. Did I say olive brine? No, but okay. yeah. we're just calling but it out right now. sometimes pickle brine, if you want a pickle martini. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it's going to play with gin. I used to do yeah, I know. Vodka, so. Eh. But this is a new one for me that I actually, when I was doing my research, you can actually order a smoky martini, and that is gin with a splash of scotch, um, actually, in your martini. I thought that one was interesting. So you can order if you want a lemon or citrus twist, or if you want an olive, or if you want a a onion, you need to know what you want, and then you can order according. How'd I do? How'd I I, do? You know what? Okay. (laughs) Gin is the martini. So if you go to a real swanky cocktail joint and you order a martini, they're going to give you a gin martini, right? Mm -hmm. I go for the lemon twist because I like the way the lemon calls out the citrus Mm -hmm. in the gin. Mm -hmm. Now, there's all kinds of fun variations behind that too. Like there's the Churchill martini, which is a bottle of gin that's sitting in your freezer, a empty glass, and you take the bottle of frozen gin out of, and it's not frozen all the way through, you take the bottle of gin out of the freezer, you pour it into the glass, you glance at a closed bottle of vermouth or bow in the direction of France and you drink your martini. Now that is my kind of drinking right there, if you got a good Oh boy. All right, good job. Good job. There it is. I like it. Nice job. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you everyone for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jewels or Cigars and Vino, that's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jewels Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jewels and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.